Hi, everyone. Um, welcome to another episode of the Deck Arts Podcast. I'm here with Sylvia Ferguson today. If you remember, she did the Henry Dreyfus episode with me, which was really fun. But today we're going to be talking about something even more fun. It's the Freak Show at the World's Fair, and we'll be talking about the entertainment, ethnography, and the eugenic displays that went on um, up through the 1939 New York World's Fair, which seems really recent. So I feel like this conversation will be really interesting. So, Sylvia, what did you do this paper for? I did it for my World's Fair class, which is taught by Ethan Roby. So it's like a pretty much interdisciplinary like conversation about the different world's fair starting with the 1851 which is like the crystal palace which is the beginning up to the 1939 world's fair which is what he considers to be the last true world's fair that incorporates all these elements of decorative arts design architecture because the world's fair past 1939 he argues tends to take more of like an environmental approach a more ethical approach opposed to like previous World's X-Fair, not really so much based on decadent arts, more so on technological, like, I guess, evolution, progress. So it's not really as material culture-based as previous World's Fairs. So do they still have World's Fairs going on today? Or do they sort of peter out eventually? There's still one every couple of years. I know they're coordinated by the BIE. I want to say the next one is like 2025, but don't quote me on that. (laughs) I can't remember definitely off the top of my head. But I know it's in the couple of years, and I can't remember the location. It's not in America. I want to say somewhere in the Middle East is the next. Oh, cool. Well, yeah, it's the next one. I think it's based on, like, technological, like, evolution and, like, biology and, like, botany. Boring stuff. Very boring stuff. <laughs> Kidding for all those people who do like that stuff. Um, but so you go on to talk about, like, give examples about different attractions that happened around the same time, and you reference the single single O, the museum show, the girl show, and the ten and one, which is, I think you said was the sort of original freak show. Yes. Yeah, so basically, sorry guys. <laughs> <laughs> So basically, my argument for this paper is I examine three American World's Fair. So the 1893 World Columbian, Columbian Exposition, the 1904 St. Louis, and the 1939 the New York World's Fair. It's like evolutions of like freak show behavior. So I think just a little background, like context. Um, when you think of like sideshows, you imagine like a circus. You have like the main attraction of like elephants you have the performers you know the big white tent and then i guess a sideshow is like the secondary act so maybe outside the tent there's like a whole bunch of stands offering like games or there may be like you know the room of mirrors like the fun house that's considered to be a sideshow and within that it's like four distinct categories so it's like a single o which is like one attraction like say the strong man he may be by himself in a display um, the second one is a museum show, so it'll be like kind of like a collection of like oddities. So nothing that's, I guess, animate or human, but more so like just a collection of random objects which are like valued for being like odd. So like the example I use is like the Fiji mermaid, which is like this monkey mermaid hybrid, which is really like this fish and this monkey head. <laughs> and it'll be probably in like a museum show with a whole bunch of collection of odd objects in association. Um Third example is, like, the girly show. So, like, imagine, like, the burlesque, like, 
I don't know, a girl with, like, I don't know, I think Madonna with, like, the pointy bra and, like, spinning, but it's, like, all guys. And then the last one, which is, like, a 10 and 1, which is, like, 10 random attractions. And that's what a freak show falls under. So, people think of, like, freak show as, like, I guess, if you watch, like, American Horror Story, so it's, like, oddities and think carnival clowns. But in my paper, I argue that World's Fair creates the setting for freak shows through, like, the display of, like, uh, human oddities or, like, human zoos or, like, the display of people who are non-Western, which is my argument that these displays of peoples in the World's Fairs are entertaining. They serve as means of education because, in theory, World's Fairs are tend to be educational and teach you in relation to other cultures and, like, regions of the world, as well be example of eugenic behavior which is in essence the display of valuable traits over non-valuable traits which in this case is if you want to be I guess European is the more desirable trait opposed to say non-Western cultures who are seen as like outrageous or freakish for being like darker skin may have body modification may eat different foods so something different than your traditional like freak show yeah, so an example I think you gave was the village. Um, it started with a D. The Dahomey village. Yes, would that be what sort of you were arguing it was more like, because that felt like it was trying to be educational, but... It has to attempt to be educational, because, you know, again, like, going back, you know, most world spheres were valued for the decorative arts. So in this case, you're going to apply humans as decorative art objects. And they're freakish because, like, the Dahomey Village is from the 1893, which is the World Columbian Exhibition, which is valuing the anniversary of Christopher Columbus, who discovered the Americas, supposedly. So there are a lot of, like, implications in that alone, because, you know, the country was discovered by the first peoples who inhabited it, which were the Native Americans. So there are a lot of, like, subliminal, like, undertones. So I had a hard time kind of picking examples, but I used the Dahomey Village as, like, my first example, which basically was these African peoples mixed up different little, I guess, clans from Dahomey, which was a territory controlled by a French, or more so, not controlled, but, like, taken over, because they really had no, like, choice in the matter. Like, it was a colony? It was a colony, but you know, the whole idea of imperialism, oh, they yeah. just coming over and taking over. So I say they controlled it, but they really just came in and just took over and they had no choice. So the Dahomey peoples were these groups of African people. It's a territory in like West Africa, but they were previously at the 1889 exhibition and they were in a human zoo basically. So they were just grouped together and people came to be like, ah from these savage peoples but they came over for the 1904 exhibition and basically they were advertised as like these bloodthirsty savage Africans so for like 25 cents you come to like this artificial village with these like plaster well not plaster but like artificial constructions of like their native villages and you can just kind of stand from like a distance and watch them you can marvel them just eat play like drums so like stuff that's like daily ritualistic behavior was seen as like outrageous you know they weren't wearing like traditional european like clothing they were like shirtless they wore skirts 
you know, some had modifications to their teeth. They spoke in a different language. And all this was seen as, like, terrifying. They're like, oh, my God, who are these freaks? And, you know, in, like, 18th, 19th century context, you know, African peoples or anybody of, like, African-American descent was seen as, like, the lowest of the low. So they were, like, these savages. They had no education. They were, like, Neanderthals. They were at the bottom of, like, humanity and, like, evolution. And I explained how they were displayed and, like, how they were basically articulated to be these, like, I don't know how to explain it. They're, like, modified in a sense. You have a decorative art object, you put it on display, and you arrange your setting in a way to make people, like, come. It's, like, their lore. So these people are just native peoples from West Africa who just live each day as they normally do, doing ritualistic things. They eat, they travel, they perform stuff we do in our only in our daily lives but they were advertised as these savages so you have these allures you have these posters with these like exaggerated like negroid features to make them look like monsters so you see this and it's supposed to be this so-called educational world spirit to teach you about our society and our morals by i guess in a way comparing you to these people so like here we are we're european we're educated we have all this like history and lineage behind us christopher columbus discovered the americas here we are here's our progress here we're making innovations in life here are these savage peoples they eat people they're lower than us like we're so much better and it's supposed to be in essence like a way i guess of making yourself feel superior to someone of a different race and ethnicity so how did they come to be part of the show were they i mean hired were they just brought to the shows i mean how did that happen that can be an argument in the select. I mentioned they were at the 1889 exposition. I I've read a couple of like textual sources on this. I can't make a definitive conclusion, but I say it's highly probable they were forced. I mean, there was like a language barrier and conversation, but I guess with anything, with like the history of slavery, you could, there's a way of forcing people. And I mean. The French own that territory. So they already had pretty much control. So I think it's pretty easy to just grab a hold of people and just send them over. Like, here, you're going to come. I mean, I explain it later in a different world sphere. But a lot of tribes and, like, cultures that were brought over didn't know where they were going until they got to their final destination. So it was pretty easy, I think. And it's weird that it was such a big deal at the World Columbian Exhibition, I think, um, exposition, because... It's it's almost, it's after, it's like post-Civil War. Post-Civil War. So I don't, to me it's weird that that was even like considered a freak thing because you had like, in Chicago, people who were of African descent living living in the city. That's not to say, I mean, there was a lot of outrage from African Americans because, I mean, people made the association like these African peoples are savage, so obviously the African Americans were, like, in, like, the same level. So, like, there was controversy. There was, like, Frederick Douglass and Ida B. Wells who were, like, abolitionists and, you know, proponents of, like, rights for blacks. They were outraged. They like, how can you put these people on display and laugh at them and basically take over their lives and their livelihood? And you're basically amounting them to, you know, just the bottom of the bottom. Like, they're not humans. They're not even, like, people would feel them. They're basically just objects to be displayed. Yeah. So there was a lot of controversy, but, you know, ethically speaking, in that period, there still was a little bit of uneasy territory yeah. towards the rights of people of color. So, 
who knows what they were thinking. But again, like they thought it was being educational display, so it's like kind of weighed the options, education over like the rights of people. In essence, now that we know, like that's not right, but they thought for like the better livelihood of the people and more progress, we needed to show these people as being like the lowest of the low. Wow, that's crazy. So they also had a shoot of Cairo. Was that similar? Were there people from Egypt, or was that less based on people and more of just like a street scene? It was a street scene. Um, they tried to be as accurate as possible, but you know, any type of like street show in this period is more so like a fabrication or like idealization mm-hmm. of like a non-Western culture. So some of them were actually native people from the Middle East, but some of them were just hired performers who were dressed in so-called Arabic garb. So the street of Cairo is supposed to be basically a recreation of Cairo, which is in Egypt, and it's like these streets that are like camel rides, there were elephants, there were like provocative belly dancing by little Egypt, scorpion swallow. So it's like a very, I guess, stereotyped version of what people thought like ancient Egyptians and like Egyptian culture was supposed to be. But it's also like it's kind of a weird territory. Like it was probably one of the most popular attractions, mainly because of the belly dancing or like this whole seductive allure. But also, like, one of the most controversial because, you know, this is, like, Victorian ideals. It's America, but, like, you know, the trickle-over effect of, like, Victorian ideals. So there's modesty, there's restraints. And here you have, like, kind of in a different sense. Like, they were higher viewed than the Dahomey villages. It's, like, I guess a step up, but still seen as, like, kind of the lower cultures. Mm-hmm. So you have these women who are probably not even Arabic or Middle Eastern in a sense. Dressing provocatively, provocatively, which if you go look at a picture, like they're not showing any real like body or skin. It's like a thin like mesh covering their stomach. But you know, seductive swaying of hips and like hips and like just provocative dancing. It's just like this oriental version and like of sexualizing women, and it just grew like a lot of attention. It was like promiscuous and it's like this supposedly gaudy jewelry and you could do the hoochie coochie. <laughs> It was just crazy. Yeah, it seems really odd to me living in our day and age now. But, I mean, I you mentioned that P.T. Barnum and Coney Island really, like, thrived off of stuff like this. They did. Okay, so technically P.T. Barnum kind of exists first but also coincides. So we all know P.T. Barnum, and I'm not talking about, like, the Hugh Jackman version that everybody's like popularizing, but P.T. Barnum. Wait, is there a movie that Hugh Jackman did that he's P.T. Barnum? The Greatest Showman on Earth. It's like a musical oh. version, but he plays P.T. Barnum. Which disclaimer: they look nothing alike. <laughs> P.T. Barnum's like this short man with like this mustache. He has like a grim expression. He looks nothing like Hugh Jackman, but that's more of like a Hollywood version of like circus and culture look nothing like but P.T. Barnum really was like the first person to like commercialize freak show stuff um you know he had a little traveling little troop of like little people he had little General Tom Thumb which was a little person but back then it would have been called midgets um he had the Fiji mermaid he had the East microcephalic twin Aztec twins which you know Aztec culture there really wasn't any evidence of surviving people's but it was this twin who, suck, 
who suffered from microcephaly, which is the small brain, so like small skull. So they were mentally challenged. So they were probably coerced against their will into traveling. But it was like a traveling display of these freakish people from around the world. And, you know, he was like really the first to popularize the display of these peoples. Um, He also had the American Museum in New York City, which burned down, I want to say, like the late 1800s. But it was like the first, not first museum, but like first commercialized place of like a collection of oddities from around the world. Most of them which were fake or fabricated, but also had like a troop of people with like bodily abnormalities or like body modification. People had disfigurements. And, you know, he became commercialized. And of course, his big thrill to fame is the P.T. Barnum Circus, which really put his name on a mark on a map. Um, but yeah, his work kind of influenced World Spheres. He was actually, I believe... <laughs> Sorry about that. (laughs) And the, I want to say, 1850, he worked on the 1853 exhibition of Industry of All Nations of New York. So this is at the 1851 exhibition. And it was actually here that he tried to get his own miniature version of a freak show. But it was denied because they thought it would be too ostentatious and too pretension. It had no real, like, educational bearing on it. And then with the correlation of Coney Island, that's what most people think of. If it's not the circus, it's Coney Island. It's like the freak show. Um, There's Luna Park. There's Dreamland. And it was here, too, that kind of took visual cues from the um, 1893 exhibition as well as P.T. Barnum on the displays and the congregation of people. And it didn't really have that educational or moral background. It was just more purely for entertainment purposes. And this desire to kind of just create this leisure culture that wasn't prevalent in England and abroad. Yeah, and then you sort of also hit around this time on Saul Bloom, who made these amusement zones, is what they were sort of like called, right? Where they were like less, they're less educational, more revolved around like amusement of going to see these people. Yeah, because if 1893, we get introduced to what's called, like, the Midway, which is, like, this colorful contrast to the World Columbian Exposition, because that's also known as the White City. So if you want explanation on that, probably, like, the double in the White City, you think of, like, the stereo color. But it was basically a contrast is bright, bold colors against, like, the white neoclassical facades. And it's basically, I guess, a juxtaposition of, like, high and low culture. So, like... It doesn't have, like, the educational backing. You can kind of be yourself. Like, there's no moral, like, underlining going on. You can kind of enjoy yourself. There's, like, concessions. There's foods. There's, like, shops. So, like, just think of, like, your modern-day, like, circus. You have the main attraction. Then outside, you can go to different booths. You can play games. And it's just, like, a time to, like, relax and let loose. But Soul Bloom was, like, the entertainment director. And apparently, while he was abroad, he saw the Dahomey's traveling in a different exhibition as well as some Algerian dancers which apparently served as like the precursor to like Little Egypt although there's no records definitively that there was somebody going by that name it just kind of came popularized or more so like a legend that somebody was at the World Sphere under Little Egypt and it kind of just like progressed from like <laughs> later World Spheres that's crazy um, so, so we also mentioned Buffalo Bill's Wild West show, um, as the 
notorious last man of the West in his harem of, um, like, barbarian Indians, Mexicans. Um, and you go into, like, German beer halls um, and all of these, like, really f- weird foreign villages. And then what was... What's at Edward Mybridge's Zoopraxiscope? Zooprax? I don't know how to say this word. Zoopraxiscope. I know. <laughs> I struggled with that word too. Okay. So I kind of like briefly mentioned this, like one of the attractions you could see. I mean, there's probably like YouTube videos. It's like, I guess, a precursor to like movie theaters. So, like, I don't know how to explain it. Perfect example it's like a man on a horse. So, you know, you know how like a film reel. And it's, like, kind of put it on, like, a loop. So, like, I don't know how to explain it. It's like a film reel. You got two sticks. And it's, like, in a continuous loop. But it moves. And it's, like, progressively going. It's, like, go faster. I don't know how to describe it. Like, you know those old school, like, Disney things where, like, you put, like, a slide in. And you press the little, like, knob down. But it'd be going really fast. It'd be going really fast. It's basically that. Okay. And maybe you can collect a link because it's yeah. hard to explain. Yeah, I'll put a link to it so everyone can understand what we're but talking about. But for 19th about. century viewers, that was like the thing. Oh my god, what is this? <laughs> like, I don't know how to describe. What is this technology? This is weird. But oh my god, it's like brilliant. Ah, oh, that's funny. So, was there anything in your research that, like, I mean, everything's pretty shocking in your paper? But was there anything that stood out that? particularly was interesting to you or was it all sort of wow I cannot believe this it was all pretty interesting because you know not only with the 1893 I talk about like the 1904 1939 it's like three examples but there's plenty of more examples to World Fair and I just I found like a lot of shocking things because from our knowledge in our modern day age there's like this idealized impression of world fair their educational there was display of all these like tech of art objects people are like introduced to all these different cultures the education thrive but just ethically the display of peoples are just just horrific the tradition like the conditions they were like subjected to because so, i mean i guess in you kind of really don't think about it, but, like, if there's, like, a language barrier, you don't, like, really understand what's going on. But, like, to have people watch you 24-7 and laugh and be like, oh, my God, what is this person? Just It's just the meaning and just the display and the conditions. Like, I think the most horrific for me that I found was the display of Little Midget Town, which is, like, Morris Guest thing, which is, like, 1939 as well as, like, the 1933 Century of Progress. So it's supposed to be (laughs) more progress and, like, human progress. But it was basically this little village of little people who had, like, their own miniature city and, like, fire station. But there's this pamphlet, which also you could possibly link, and it had, like, these very demeaning questions. Like, why are midgets midgets? Can midgets reproduce? Is midgetism contagious? And basically, it's just just demeaning and horrible. Like, can midgets make babies? Like, these are people just like us. They're just at a lower height. And just to be reduced to, like, a scientific representation, which goes back to the whole eugenics thing. It's like, you don't want to reproduce with midgets because it can lead to these deformities and bodily abnormalities. Like, who does this? It's 1933, Century of Progress. 1939, which you have innovations, like, it's supposed to be looking towards the technological future and, like, optimism and hope. 
and you're here demeaning people and I can get on into it because there's a lot of like research and images but they were like naked and nude that people like measuring their bodies and it's just really horrific but it's a world's fair that's supposed to be educational so just the correlation of that but there are plenty of pictures you can find online but that just goes to like the ethics towards that circuses and the treatment of peoples and I mean that's not to say some of them didn't find any like good things out of it because like 1904 the Igro village even though they were displayed as like dog eating cannibals you know a lot of them got the opportunity to be educated and go to school and offered opportunities that they never would have if they didn't leave even with the little people of Morris Guest Little Town like even though they were displayed terrifically and asked a whole bunch of questions they were also introduced to many doctors who got to do research on their conditions which led to innovations in the study of being little so there are a couple of like pros, but there are still very many cons. Yeah, behind the it. cons probably outweigh the pros. Very much so. <laughs> um, well, I'll post the links to all the stuff that I can find, and everyone can see all the pictures that um, Sylvia put in her paper on the Deck Arts Podcast Twitter. It's at Deck Arts Podcast on Twitter, and so I'll post those pictures. But Sylvia, thanks so much for educating us on freak shows. No. (laughs) All right, bye, guys.